All right, what's going on? Uh, once again, it's your boy Rob, your boy John. Uh, this is the Church in the Wild podcast. Um, we're about to have, I'm probably going to have a lot of fun. Um, probably also going to anger a lot of people. Um, John probably will not be my friend after this one. <laughs> but uh, we're going to make this thing shake. Y'all going to hear another voice in the background. Uh, that is the one and only Glo- Golden Glove joining Ooh. us today. It's probably all kind of feedback that we just had right there as he as he hooted, but it's gonna be what it is. We are talking about something. We we decided to just jump right into this thing, man. Y'all noticed there was no music that popped off or nothing. Uh, we jumped straight in because we want to have as much time as possible to talk about this. So uh, I don't know if y'all know or not. But your boy R. Kelly uh, is out here trying to make a difference in the world again. He gave us such classics as the what most of y'all were made to in, in uh, 12 plays. Some of y'all even trapped in the closet. Uh, he has given us I Believe I Can Fly. He has given us the greatest love-making song ever in Feeling on Your Booty. But this time he's trying to change the world for his own benefit. By dropping a 19-minute epic called I Admit. And this has been talked about literally for the past week, man. And nobody's been able to escape this. I was actually surprised that Glove had never heard this track. Because uh, it's literally been everywhere for the past week. Uh, John and I both had the opportunity to listen to it. And uh, we have our own differing of opinions. Um, this is the first, this second episode, for those of y'all that listened already. Uh, this is the second episode. But um, this is the first one with a title. The last one didn't have a title. So the title of this one, if I could put a tag on the text that we will have today, uh, will be the normalizing of abnormality. Uh, we live in a society that, uh, for the most part, I like to call it Rome. Uh, we are absolutely following in the footsteps of Rome and how we have uh, begun to normalize things that have at some point or for the majority of time have been seen as, as abnormal uh, but America has decided that they're going to Leroy Jones it or Jenkins it and just go gung-ho and, and let stuff hang where it may so uh, in normalizing abnormality uh, R. Kelly is the perfect subject uh, I think he's the perfect subject especially with uh, this confession on wax that he, he just dropped uh, so, John, we've already been talking about it, man. Um, this is not the place to critique the record right now. We're we just talking about how how Mr. Kelly has essentially impacted society and, 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 and who got the ringer on still? Oh, that was just you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but how he, hey, but look, check us out. He, he's honestly out here trying to make an impact again, and I think he did unknowingly. Because yeah. we already talked, you just said it, man. You know, Kel's tried to throw another one out there, but you think this is a last gasp? And yeah, a last I think grasp. this is it for R. Kelly, man. I think, um, I think R. Kelly's had a good run. You know, uh, sometimes you got to take your dog out back and and shoot him, man. Oh, yellery, man. Sometimes you got to put the dog down. <laughs> where, where the red fern grows, she's going to bury him out there. Listen. Listen, Kells. Nobody loves Kells like I loved Kells, but like, oh no, man, it's like a house full of women that would say otherwise. Well, you're right. 
I'm not gonna like I don't love Kells more than those women love him. But what I'm getting at is like I've been a fan like anybody's been a fan, but like you got no one to let it go. Like Like a bad hairline. Yeah, well it's like what we were talking about, man. I I feel like Art Kelly should have matured with his audience. He should have aged with his audience. He chose to try to maintain his non existent youth and stick with the young crowd. All while completely ignoring and not addressing these multiple public allegations against him, probably on the advice of somebody who was telling him that that's the best way for him to move forward. Unfortunately, in the age of social media, the court of public opinion will put you down and get you out of here. So, like, if he's not willing to address those things head on, he's going to have to deal with the fact that people are going to judge him based on what they think they know. I mean, but let's be real about this. We, I think everybody in this room is old enough to remember uh, R. Kelly and the public announcement. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I go back that far. Yeah. I remember, you know, Honey Love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Honey Love's a good song. Honey Love's a fantastic song. I'm but, sorry. You know what I'm saying? Most of that public announcement album was pretty dope. And then he, but he, and he, he Bobby Browned everybody. He pretty much had this, this dope little group that he was the head of, he was the face of, and then he, he switches everything up. Next thing you know, 12 play drops. Man's wearing a leather suit that shaved his head. You know, walking around with a golf club slash baseball bat. And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, go back and watch the video. You're not making a good case like? for R. Kelly right now. <laughs> go back and watch the Yo, my man was walking around. <laughs> Like seducing women with baseball gloves and bats—that's not good at all. Like, but what I'm saying. Bad. But so what my what my man did was he he came out he came out swinging essentially. Yeah. And I agree. A part, but I think that's for every any artist who has been around since the '90s. You're supposed to age with your peer group essentially. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If Pac was still around today, talking about thug life in the sense of trying to rally up young folk like that like that still if he was still rapping still yeah. I'd have a problem with it yeah, I'd, I'd be sitting here and I'd be judging him in the same way but I think R, who R. Kelly keeps around him is the same group of people that anybody who's in music keeps around him you want to make as much money as you can for as long as you can yeah. that means you have to cater to the people who are buying music at the end of the day Michael Jackson never grew up Michael Jackson has always catered to a younger audience. His yeah. music always catered to a younger but audience. But he also had a, a a following. Michael Jackson was probably one of the only people that I could say He's the only had person. a worldwide cult following. Yeah, absolutely. Like people were gonna buy Michael's music no matter what. He would have had to put out several bad albums in he a did. row. He did put out several bad albums. I disagree. And people still I'll never agree with that because I'm a part of the cult following. I took the pill. I don't believe Michael Jackson ever made so bad music. he was music. drinking the Jesus juice. Listen, I don't believe Michael ever made bad music. Now, with that said, um, <laughs> uh, my thing is this. I would get into my Tupac opinion, but I'm not going to because I don't want to derail the podcast. Gotcha. But Tupac wouldn't have gone down, I don't think, the road that R. Kelly has gone down in this way. You have to know who you are and what the public perception of you is as a as a public figure, right? Mm-hmm. And and that being the case, R. Kelly has to know that you you've always had a reputation for liking younger girls. 
all you've ever needed to do, I think throughout the early part of his career, was continue to make music because he was able to rely on the mystique factor and not have to prove anything. Unfortunately, in the past eight to ten years, there's been a transition and a shift in the culture. And the culture will not allow you to not speak to them about these things now. Now, I can get in R. Kelly's DMs and be like, bro, you're nasty. You're a nasty <laughs> dude, man. What you been on out here in these streets? Like, once you have that level of access, the mystique goes away. The expectation that the culture has is that you become a part of the everyday group of people. And if your behavior isn't in line with what society says is okay, then you're going to have to deal with the criticism and address it in some form or fashion. This song that we're getting ready to talk about, I admit it, that wasn't it. That wasn't the way to do it. This is this isn't it. R. Kelly, so, R. Kelly had to make the track because... It's time to go out back to the barn. I'm, I'm, just, I'm saying it this way. R. Kelly had to make the track because if you go... He, he, well, he said himself, and again, I, I want for anybody listening to this, because I already know the moment I upload this... Too little too late, man. <laughs> the moment I upload this, somebody's going to jump on my head talking about why were you defending R. Kelly. Look, I'm not defending R. Kelly. Um, if that man, I have a 14-year-old daughter. Um, if R. Kelly hit my daughter, I'm talking about I got a record deal waiting for you. I'm going to jail. I'm just saying that off top. Because, again, the allegations are the allegations. Sure. You can't come to me with the allegation of you've eaten children before and then expect for me to let you take my children somewhere. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So just just the allegation in and of itself, you know, I think that's humanity. That's yeah. what we do. Now the sad part is as well, a Christian Well as a Christian, the thing is always about forgiveness, right? Sure. So if I'm a Christian you. if I'm a Christian, I have to forgive you and I can't hold your past sins against you. I don't. But I think that that's a pro but that's what we do. And that's what we're doing right now. I don't we're, think it's a lot of Christians do think about it. Kev on stage just had just talked about this very thing. Yeah. And he was talking about, you know, man, I can't I can't trust it. You you're nasty. Like you said, you're nasty, you did this, you yes, did he's this. He's a nasty man. But you but you you did all of this. Nothing but nobody offered up debate that, right? We I'm all pretty think sure. Art Kelly's a nasty I, man. I believe nasty I believe man. two out of the three men in this room right now are nasty. <laughs> I'm not gonna say which two. I'll I listen. I'll exempt myself from <laughs> I am the one. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing. Again, what that man likes sexually, as long as I mean legitimately. Yeah. If that man is dealing with people of the of consensual age, yes. meaning over the age of seventeen in most over the age of sixteen in most states. Sure. Is it right in my eyes? Hell no. Okay. Just, let's be real about that. Hell no. Yeah. A sixteen year old should not be messing with somebody older than eighteen. That's that's just my opinion. That's true. Should be messing with somebody over eighteen. Um, so let's let's pause there for okay. some eighteen let's year sit olds. There for I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's, it's a it's like, a it's, it's a, a it's a maturity thing, right? thing. It's a it's a mind state thing. But so let's sit there and just be real controversial for a few minutes, okay. right? You about to hit me with when the Tory question? About, well, I'm just thinking. When we talk about like age of consent is sixteen, a lot of places by um, legal standards. Most yeah, most people are going to hear that and say, "Listen, eighteen is the number." How do we determine what age is appropriate for, in this case, consenting to sex, right? Because we know historically, and, and this is just coming at it from a theological perspective, yeah. you know that, that in past centuries, 
13, 14, 15 12, year olds, 11. 12 year olds. Once she starts her cycle, right? So there yeah, have been societies yeah. that consider her a woman and able to be married. Absolutely. Um, it happened here in this country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely it did. And so, with that being said, we live in a time now where the It age, happened in this country as recently as 200 years ago. Yeah, absolutely it did. And now we're saying 18 is the number. And if you if you interacted with a child in a sexual way under the age of 18, we consider you um, a monster or yeah, a nasty man. Uh, definitely a nasty man. You're, okay. Look, so, so let's be real about You're this. Nasty, man. Can, can, I throw like, this, can I throw this monkey wrench in your thing? I was just talking yeah, to my pause. baby sister about this. <laughs> yeah, hey, yeah. Thank you for the I was just talking to my baby sister before we came here today, and we talked about this. It's the pedophilia comes up in conversation as 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 violently as it does, and I say violently meaning the way that people react to it. Yeah. Because the assumption is it's an older man and a younger person, yep. boy or girl. Yep. Nobody considers this when old boy in Florida was 13 years old, yeah. banging out his 35-year-old teacher and gave her a baby. Why yeah. could I never be that student? Yo. That's the problem. Crazy story. <laughs> crazy story. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. So I know John did this. No. But I know a guy that, that, that definitely not only got with his teacher, but then sued the school district because he... He was molested and got the bag. So he got the bag and the brag. That's right. Absolutely easy with me. <laughs> Listen, on, on, he got the counts. bag and the brag, and 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 the teacher just kind of walked away with nothing. The shame of the shame of having touched a child. He was seventeen at the time. And the teacher was how old? Probably thirty something, I would imagine. Come on, man. She had to be in her forties for him to throw it, for him to get a bag out of it. They definitely gave him the bag. This is the killer. She also did this with another student who also got a bag out of the school corporation. Yeah. So, so I it, think is that a problem? I That's think a problem, though, right? Along those yeah. lines, like this is planned, and she's also getting the bag. <laughs> <laughs> the, and I'd be on that boat if she didn't have a husband who definitely left her. Uh, over that situation. I mean, I'm just but, saying though. But that's the thing. We we can sit here and joke and laugh about that. Yeah. And let's be real. As 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 men and especially as younger men, if we had heard a story like that, we high fiving that dude. That's right. We're not looking at this dude as a victim, right? Right. Now, I'm Lord forbid. I'm not gonna sit here and say that these girls aren't victims of being uh, brainwashed, manipulated, what have you, uh, in the context of what we were talking about. But this goes back to that abnor the normalizing of abnormality. As men, we'll sit here and high five your. Son. I'll high five my son in decades past mm -hmm. if he comes home and yo, that's your girl, twenty five and you only sixteen. Cause she's letting yeah. you drive her car and she got her own apartment yeah. and she and 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 that's something to be celebrated for sure. We, we celebrate something like that. We don't look at not that for as, sure that it as, is, but that it has been. Yeah, but we we don't we celebrate that like it was something that like he like it's something to attain. Yeah, but let a girl who's sure of herself, mm -hmm. who's who's confident in herself, um, knows her sexuality. Yeah, eighteen years old dealing with a thirty five year old dude, and now all of a sudden she's a victim. Yeah, and I'm he putting my hands on him. Yeah. He he done brainwashed, especially if it's a family member. Yeah, I'm definitely putting my hands on him. That's just like how it would feel. You know what I'm saying? I'm not allegedly like I'm <laughs> not saying I would actually put my hands on anybody. John has been to jail before. For those of y'all, <laughs> I'm not saying on this recording that I would do that. 
but, I mean, but we're in that age now where women are looking for that. They're, yeah. they're, they're looking for that sugar daddy. Yeah. They're, they're, they're looking and for therein, that. Therein that, lies that the issue. Income. Yeah. Therein lies the issue. Again, we're normalizing abnormality. Now, so here so here's the, so now she's she's now taking control of her situation. Well, he's already looking at me. Yep. He's already sexualized me. Yep. He already wants to give me money for my body. Mm-hmm. And well and then it's supposed to be justified and okay because that's the way that she feels about it. Yeah. But the public the general public now sees that one of two ways. Either she's a victim or she's a hoe. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one or two. So she's either a victim or a hoe. She's there, there's no gray area. There's no in between. Well, there's no case for her to actually be in love. There's no place for her to actually have found somebody to be with. And Mark, I think that's within a certain like part of certain sector of our culture as Black people, right? That's every I think culture, the, though. Well, but I'm what I'm saying is like the popular culture overall is leaning away from ever labeling anyone as a hoe. Which the trans translation of that being that she's promiscuous and that that's a negative. Well, now the idea is if she's promiscuous, that's her choice. That doesn't necessarily have to be negative. Now, Kevin not, Gates said it better. Said it best that. You said uh, Kevin Gates. Kevin Gates. Are you quoting Kevin Gates that, in my podcast right hey, now? Hey, you take it for what you want to take it for, but I'm going to say it since I started it. And ain't nobody in this room gonna do nothing about it. You sure about that? But, <laughs> but Kevin Gates said that a, 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 a hoe has male parts as well. It's basically stating that, and his definition of it was that a hoe is someone Pause. who is uh, what? who is begging for attention. So, it, so Kevin Gates' definition of being a hoe is somebody who begs for attention. Who begs for attention. Kevin Gates being the famous rapper. Yes. Who begs for attention. Hey. Okay, just making I mean, sure. But he I'm kidding. Nah, I actually. Well, he's one of those nasty men that. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Gates definitely <laughs> a nasty man. I must admit, I am of, of any of these new uh, these new rappers out here. I actually rock with Kevin Gates. Yeah, I, am I with do the, too. I am with the you know pleasing your. Yeah, you can keep He's that for yourself, bro. <laughs> that ain't, that ain't my bag. Man. That ain't my bag. I've had women. It's like, so you ain't never, like, never in my life ever. No, nah, it just is what it is. No groceries uh, for me. <laughs> I even got hit with one of the videos of him sucking toes and was like, hey, yeah, nah, bro. do it like this. I'm like, I don't know how to do it <laughs> at, all, at all. So, <laughs> but, but again, so, and again, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm that we're, we're being clear in this. I'm not going to whatever your fetish is, whatever gets you to to your point of arousal or climax uh, within the confines of your marital bedroom. But again, we live in 2018. People's marital bedrooms are now non-marital hotel rooms or the backseat yeah. of somebody's car. <laughs> the truth of the yeah, the community room. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. <laughs> I'm not about to sit here. Where are we? <laughs> not about to sit here. And, and, and demonize your fetish. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I think needs to be addressed is the extreme the extremes of some of these things and especially when we start to when those fetishes no longer remain fetish. Yeah. They now have entered into the pub, uh, into the public and the public now wants them fully accepted as just normal behavior. Sure. So and so I, well, and, and so I just I just want to throw this out there because I think, you know, to offer some clarity of, of my actual position on this, 
Um, I continue to repeat time and time again that I think the solution, the answer to these uh, occurrences is one woman, one man, forever. And I think that that, that answer serves to solve all the problems. Yeah. Um, and, and what I mean by all the problems is not necessarily problems of misogyny or problems of rape culture, but problems of promiscuity, problems of uh, sexuality, problems of uh, how people relate to one another. I am an advocate for one man, one woman forever. And I know that there are people that I know that are, that would hear that and, and, and they're going to feel like that's wrong because they adhere to a different thought process. They think that people should love who they love and uh, they should they should be with whoever they want to be with. But the problem with that is we're seeing play out in our society and our culture right now. Uh, pedophilia is being beginning to be talked about as a sexuality, as a preference. And it's being talked about louder and louder as every year goes by. Yeah. And again, but here's the thing. We, we will sit here and we're going and, and the, the our, my cousin at slash pastor has spoken about you know pedophilia as recently as I mean as far as far ago as 2011 you know saying openly the way that the LGBTQ community is pushing how they're pushing they're going to open the gates yep. for pedophilia not in the sense of you know again, Trying to equally and, and trying to equate the two, yeah. and trying to put them in the same in the same context. But it's just the rational next step. It, it's the next step. Yeah. You know, you know, pedophilia, bestiality. These are all the things that that come with that Pandora's box. Because it's how you argue it. You're arguing. Your argument is that people should be able to love whoever they choose to love. This is becoming one extremely long acronym. <laughs> it is a very long acronym. I remember when it was just the LGB. See, that that was new even. Like it was just like I, I, lesbian and gay. Yeah, lesbian and gay. Then they added bisexuality. Like bisexuals. Then they added transgender. Queer. The, I don't know what queer no, means to this day. I don't know man, what that means. I just got introduced to I was listening to a podcast called uh Yeah, I'm gonna get unfriended. Yeah. <laughs> by a lot of people. I, I got a I I, listen, I I was listening to this podcast. I don't know if I dropped the name yet. Um, but they talked about pansexuality. And, yeah, that was a new one I heard about and, too. And pansexuality is not so much a sexual attraction, but it's the it's being stimulated by somebody regardless of the sex. So, but it's not it's not so much a physical reaction to it; it's a mental reaction. At least the way that that person explained it. Yeah. And I said to myself, "That's bisexual. That sounds like it's bi- yes. but, gay." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got I to gotta uh, jump in and say that uh, the thoughts of the people that you hear uh, are theirs and theirs alone. Do not represent the thoughts of the Sheet Team nor of the Church and Wild podcast. <laughs> well, for my part, I do represent the thoughts of me, a co-host on Church and Wild podcast, and I'd be glad to talk to anyone about um, what their their opinions are on this matter. I'd be glad to have a civil discussion about it. Unfortunately, most people aren't, not most, a lot of people aren't open to having civil, civil discussions yeah. about these things. If you don't agree with them and agree with them 100%, then you're a bigot and you hate people and 
can't. There's no area to disagree anymore. Someone Everything is, is going to, Yeah, someone's going to definitely label me like a Trump supporter after this, even though I am the most anti-Trump person that I know. Really? Yeah. More than me. I think so. I, I think doubt so. that. <laughs> I highly doubt that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. You I, maybe in your other circle, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, trust me on this. They might be closet Trump fans. This dude right here, I ain't like the dude when he was at Home Alone too. I've never cared about Donald Trump, and I'm, wow. we're not getting ready to get on Donald Trump here. Yes, he was at Home Alone too. Yeah, but but I've never cared about Donald Trump at all as, as in terms of him being the person he is. I was content to let him live his entire life without ever concerning myself. Just another rich white dude. That was it. I didn't care until he decided that he was going to put a serious run in. And I remember when he was, and I'm going to leave it at this, we're not getting ready to go down this rabbit hole. I remember when Donald Trump was running for office um, and people were saying it was a joke. And I was telling people. I still think it is, right? No, it's not. And I was telling people then, it's not a joke. And the fact that so many people think it's a joke is going to get him elected. And I think he's Andy Kaufman in real life. And this is the long play on it at the at the end of his four years, or when he gets impeached, or when, before he gets locked up. He is going to stand in front of a camera and pull the mask off. Nah, he's going to be Andy Kaufman, and it's going to be Listen, the greatest joke ever played. I'm not even. I'm not even. Donald a, J. Trump a, died a. in the '60s. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Andy Kaufman assumed his identity in the '70s. I'm not even. Like, like some premillennial, like dispensational guy, but Donald Trump might be the Antichrist. He's not the Antichrist. I'm not saying he's the Antichrist. I'm saying I've never seen the Antichrist and Donald Trump in the same room. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's get back on track, man. I'm not gonna do this with you today, John. Um. So back back to what we were talking about, man. So, um, I, of course I got to be the voice of reason to be the adult in this. That's a shame. Um. The it doesn't say much about the other two in the room. <laughs> Listen, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. There's, there's, we we like I, I, I have conversations with folks all the time, and the conversations that I have vary from topic to topic, but it always comes back to who who determines what normal is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and the conver- you know, again, I, I went and saw my baby sister. Uh, and we had this kind. Con- I mean, the moment I walked in, we started this conversation. I was like, "Weird! I wasn't expecting to talk to you about this. I was coming to check on you, make sure you use all right." And we almost immediately start talking about the R. Kelly track, and you know how it's seen in society, and who makes the rules for normal. And I, I told her, "I'm like, you know, America is the furthest from a Christian nation that I can, as a Christian, That's a fact. say." Um, and any Christian who says that this is a Christian nation isn't a real Christian and has never read the Bible. I won't say that's a fact. <laughs> that opinion belongs to Robert. <laughs> Here's how I validate that. Love the clauses. Here's how I validate that. Anybody who believes that this nation is a Christian nation, yet believes that, but yet believes that the government or just humans in general don't have a right to be in in any land that they choose to be in that don't believe in being able to help people who are less fortunate than them, who don't espouse and, and expect the government to take on the qualities and 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 
ideologies of Christianity, yeah. but want to say, but then will turn around and say, well, I'm doing this because of my faith, is a liar. And mm. the last time I checked, Christ wasn't a liar. So I, you, you can't be both a liar and a Christian. I'm okay with, I, I now see, we're not getting ready to have a, a theological debate here, okay. but I'm going to disagree with you there and put a pin in that for the next podcast. Maybe we can dive into some theology. But, you know, I, I'm not prepared to say someone isn't a Christian based on their political leanings alone. If you, um, you if you try to conflate your political leanings with your faith, you are not a Christian. I wrote the book on it. I have a book called What is a Christian? I knew this you was, can buy it right I knew now. This was a setup. This is a setup for the plug. Shameless. Wow. Shameless plug. All I needed was an end. The last five <laughs> minutes have all been one long setup no. for you to advertise your book. No. I see. But if y'all want to buy the book, y'all can hit me up. But I, I wasn't doing that. What I am saying, but though. But it's done. It's done now. Uh, What's what, done is done. Okay. What I'm saying, though, is, it, like I said, political leanings aside, if you can conflate the two and say that, yo, these two things go together, yeah. um, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, politically, uh, politics and faith do not hold the same space because they can't. I now, can't wait to have this conversation with you. I don't think, okay, you know what? You're going you're gonna to drag me out of this. We're talking about R. Kelly's nasty right. tale. Uh, we'll come back to this on the next episode, though. Somebody's go go email me talking about, hey, uh, yeah, y'all talking about Jesus and politics. Uh, it's going to be some dude in Kentucky. I'm prepared with, to defend that Jesus is all the more reason to be deeply entrenched in politics. Jesus believed in monarchies. He spoke about kingdom. I'm okay with that. All right. so That's political. Anyway... Back to back to what we're talking about. Like I said, I go into this conversation with my baby sister, and we have this conversation about um, who who makes who makes who who determines what normal is. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that kind of jumped out to me as as a nation. It doesn't matter what your faith is, what, what faith you have. Mm -hmm. um, you can you can call yourself a Christian. You can align yourself with Islam, either the fruit of Islam or the actual Muslims. Um, you can be Buddhist, Hindu. Uh, atheist, agnostic, you call it, but everybody reverts back to this puritanical morality as far as the nation is concerned. And what's supposed to be good and right and fair and just is all based on, you know, these puritan values. And so that's that's what it is. The when when you if you if that's what it's going to be our measuring stick for it, then we have to accept all of it is abnormal. Mm -hmm. We have to accept all of it as abnormal. And her mom jumped in and she said, well, if you're going to say it that way, then remember that black people were seen as subhuman, you know, up until about 150 years ago. And, you know, up, you know, seven, 60 years ago, black people and white people couldn't be married. I'm like, but that's the thing. There's a difference between what society thought as far as intermingling of race and, and racist thoughts and what doctors have concluded at some point mm -hmm. and doctors concluded at one point that pedophilia and homosexuality existed within the same within the same uh, abnormal spectrum sure both were seen in the same fashion up until the mid to late 70s and, and you understand that that because those things have changed right because the um, how do I want to say this? Psychiatric, psychological standards 
that they use. I forget the name of the book that they reference. It's like the DCM nine or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That but because those standards change as that information is updated and as new standards are accepted, that can't be the standard that we're measuring normal and abnormal against alone, right? Like I would and I'm gonna go as far as to say this and kind of just put it out there, uh, before we get ready to dive into this track a little more. Um the undying standard that I adhere to and that every Christian uh, should adhere to is the Bible. The ultimate standard and final standard is God himself. And so his word, the Bible as a Christian, should stand above all other standards for us. Now, I'm also someone who, big word alert, you should look this up, I'm a presuppositional apologetics guy, right? That's why you're the and intergalactic bishop. <laughs> but but uh, presuppositional apologetics just appeals to the idea that um, one, there are that God is the root of all logic. God is the root of all morality. Um, he's the source of it. It all flows out from Him. True. People come into conversations with presuppositions in place, and if you don't challenge those presuppositions, even your own presuppositions about why you believe a thing or why you think a certain way, you won't be able to really, really defend what you're saying. And so a lot of these arguments tend to break down once you start to go underneath them and dig up the roots and say, well, what's the foundation you're standing on, or are you just saying this because other people are saying this? The society as, as a majority doesn't make morality. Now, I've had atheists tell me otherwise, but majority rules don't make morality. True. Something being right or wrong cannot be dependent on the opinion of the whole, like of a group. If something is right or wrong, it has to be right or wrong Absolutely. apart from yeah. the opinion of the group, right? And so there's I used to say to people all the time, right is still right if nobody's doing it, and wrong is still wrong if everybody's doing it. Um, and that's because right and wrong don't depend on people. Everybody believes freedom is right. Everybody believes slavery is wrong. Right. At one point, slavery was legal. Exactly. So it can't be dependent on the people. People are too inconsistent. People change. Opinions change. Um, with that being said, if you're talking about morality and you're talking about things like pedophilia, uh, if you're talking about things like being able to have sex with a child you have to define the terms and that's where I think we have a challenge at um, so that so that to segue us right into the situation so yeah. <clears throat> the big thing about this R. Kelly track is that a lot of people are upset that R. Kelly doesn't address uh, the elephant in the room so to speak yeah. that, that he spent 19 minutes and 18 seconds yes a whole 19 minutes and 18 the seconds. The longest. Eight verses. <laughs> Yo, my man got a real thing I think, for I think the we long all, tracks. Yeah, I think we all pulled up the lyrics right now. I definitely now. pulled up the lyrics. So, I was like, yo. So I'm on Genius right now. And uh, it's, it's a full 19 minutes. It's like a four-page song. Uh, my man like to write like operas. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> he, I mean, he's done it. So so my thing, I'm surprised they broke it down to the verses. But... But but my thing is it. So genius he didn't, don't play. Shout out to Genius. Yeah, shout out to Genius. I might have to. They don't play. Yeah. 
Your brothers was on it 30 minutes after the track dropped. They yeah. had to link up yeah. lyrics here. So, so, so they got um, so so they got the lyrics up. They we got this track. The man spends 19 minutes uh, talking about talking around the issues of his life. Part of it because he's legally bound yeah. and can't talk about it. We respect that. Um, other parts, people think he just left out for the sake of leaving out. So the first verse doesn't really give you much. You know, he, he pretty much tells, you know, tells people, you know, hey, he's setting you up for what's about to come. Um, you know, I think the, only, the biggest thing there is that he admit that he doesn't go to church, um, which I think is... I don't think I, I don't think I one the level of celebrity that R. Kelly is. I really don't think that he could walk into a church and just be like, "Yeah, I'm a parishioner here." I think he could if he were a normal everyday member of that community. Again, the level of celebrity that R. Kelly is, I don't think he could do that. Like that's like R. Kelly got to be Tyler Perry at this point. Tyler Perry has a chapel built on his land. Like Barack Obama was going to somebody's church during his presidency. You know what I'm saying? No, he wasn't. He was going to his. He was going downstairs, and they made appearances. But, but and even when they made appearances, presidents would go to church. Like yeah, that's a thing. But they have nine hundred security members there too. I'm just saying they go to church. I'm like, pretty sure he didn't go to like. If you, know, you want to go to church, sir, you're going to church. I'm pretty sure he didn't go to A Street Baptist <laughs> in Washington D.C. You know but saying? if he, like for example, you don't think R. Kelly could walk into the church he goes like he went to as a child and, and like the mother of the church would just be like Robert no I don't think he could do no. that no cause she don't listen to his album <laughs> she absolutely listens to his album the I, mother of the uh, my uh, grandmama listen to R. Kelly the mother of first Baptist <laughs> she she's not listening to well, she didn't listen to 12 she play. listened to 12 play and that's how he got that's she, how she brought got her youngest grandbaby Robert, yo yo <laughs> Robert, your daughter bought me. My which daughter, which bought daughter? Me. the actual daughter my or the daughter, son daughter? Not your oh. daughter, my daughter. I'm sorry. Bought yeah, he me got a, he got a transgender daughter. A copy of your album, and I still haven't listened to it, baby. But I'm going to now. I heard that you don't be talking right on them songs, Robert. You know better. I know your mother raised you, but they're not listening to the album. Sir, you came from a black Baptist church. I can hear that in your voice. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, black. Yeah. And that Yo, black that's, mother. That's the mother so, of the church. So second so second verse, R. Kelly starts to dig into a little bit. He talks about how he got flaws and how he lies. Again, any guy who has ever been in a relationship with a woman and wasn't trying to be faithful has lied. That's not a big deal. There are men that are happily married that lie <laughs> exactly. at some point throughout their marriage. Listen, so a lot of happily key. married men maintain their happy marriage by, by lying. lying. Yeah. So he Not admits that that's right. We don't approve. So he admits <laughs> we absolutely don't approve. He admits I've that never lied to my wife. Let's just he, be clear. He's, I don't uh, have a wife Ari, because I lie. Ari, um, <laughs> I just want you to know that he winked at me when he said that he's never lied to me. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to sully my good name. <laughs> so he so he goes in, talks about how he's lied, how he's had sex with a woman just because. Um he admits, you know, his mama crying over him. Now, the big, the bombshell at verse two is that he admits that he can't spell, which I find shocking. I do too, because he wrote, "I believe I can fly." <laughs> I was like, "You can't spell, sir." Do you, you know, memorize these lyrics? But then, but then I thought about it, and he does have some fairly simplistic lyrics. Some simplistic yeah, it's lyrics. Not, it's you not know, super deep. He's not out here spitting most deaf bars. I'm just saying. Yo, so. but listen, Kells, listen. 
This is just for R. Kelly, if you're listening. Listen, bro, you don't have to go through life like this. Like, <laughs> Dude, you're not about to make a plea. Listen, <laughs> we're not making pleas to R. Kelly. There's right help. a moment of truth. There's help for you, man. Dude, like, look, there are definitely learning centers that will take you in dude, our, Mr. and get you right. Aura, as we call you in the hood, uh, Aura, um, get a tutor. And, Kills. And I feel like <laughs> I've known you a long time, bro. We don't got to do this, man. I didn't know you couldn't read. Yeah, so, told so that's the other part. That part, though, that messed me I, up. I could place an argument on his behalf. Maybe he was a little too drunk at the Grammys. No, no he said he I said, can't read the I teleprompter. The teleprompter. My man said Maybe he can't he wasn't spell. Big he said he can't read. It wasn't big enough. My man said he can't, he can't spell. Read. The font was too read. little. Listen, he can't read the no. teleprompter no. at the Grammys. No, we ain't he specified. What he could not read. Now, now here's now here's something that a lot of people skipped over. Being the Church in the Wild podcast, I j- it jumped out to me immediately. He said, God. "I admit I love God, but wait, it's so much temptation out here." Bro, followed by another butt though. Right. Followed by another butt. Uh, but the, the butt then follows up, you know, his mental and drinking and smoking too much, and how he essentially used vices to take to to take place of God in his life. And that's something, that's a real thing in the hood. You know what I'm saying? That's, Absolutely. That, that's something a lot of people deal with. Because the truth of the matter is, I think the church has done a disservice to uh, parishioners and people in general, and to the community in general. Agreed. Uh, by missing the mark and presenting God as a genie. Um, we tell people to pray to God and that God is going to make this thing happen for you. Um, missing the fact that, that that how God works is through us. God uses um, means. You know what I'm saying? I remember. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I have my my miracle moments, and I can tell you that you know how God has blessed me and how God has seen me through situations. But at the end of the day, it's all about the work that I had to do. God gave me the strength, the 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 drive, and the power to go make it happen for myself. Yeah. Now there are times, you know, oh God, you know, I need a thousand dollars. I don't know where it's gonna come from. You know, Lord, I need some help. God's not gonna just drop a bag of money out of the sky, but God will take your pride away and say, Hey, look. I need some help, fam. Can you help me? Right. And and open up doors that way. I got a theory I want to throw out there about this. So, the hook of this song, the chorus, is I admit it, admit it, I admit it, I did it. I have a theory about this. I've been sitting here pondering these things. And I realized that R. Kelly never explicitly says <laughs> that he did anything something to these young women that were underage right yeah that's the big issue right now there's a there's a air about the song where he's saying i admit it but what he's admitting is i didn't do anything that's almost kind of the the point of the song is like i admit that i didn't do anything wrong well right? I, I i take now I, I take offense to that i think he i think he's admitting the wrongdoings that he's done and i think conviction kicks in now the thing is as, no. as, oh, hey, the stuff that he's admitting that he's done, I've done. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. Like, he's admitting the stuff to be like, I did all of this, but I didn't do that. Right. I did all of this, but I didn't, I didn't realize. Now, here's my theory. That the rest of that verse, he said when he when he messed around with his homeboy's girl, that he right. did it in the backseat of his bed. I'm like, yeah. oh, bro, come on yeah. now. So, so this is what she I'm saying. She couldn't even get a hotel room. So I think my theory is that Art Kelly is saying, I admit it, but he can't bring himself to say out loud let's be real. that he did this so what he's doing is the whole cry for help right mm-hmm. I admit it I did it 
but I I can't bring myself to say. But, but let's be real about this. What it is that I did e- e- from a from a from a I almost say theological standpoint. From a from a believing standpoint. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's Christianity or what have you, who really likes confession? Nobody yeah, likes the, nobody likes the conviction of confession. It's hard. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants if <laughs> you could have all the evidence presented in front of you. Somebody could literally walk up and be like, "All right, so yo, I know you was with you, I know you was with somebody other than your wife." Nah, man, I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so here's photographs from last night. Here's you in your car. Here's you getting out of your car. Here's, here's Yo. this. Here's this. Here's this. Shout out to Usher. Yo, can we get R. Kelly in a room with Usher? No, definitely not. Like, can we just have them have a conversation? Can Usher talk R. Kelly through this? So, but no, you, nobody. Like I said, nobody likes the conviction of confession because you yeah. have to face it yourself. Yeah. You can convince yourself in the moment of doing something wrong that that what you're doing right in that time. Is, is okay. I've had a family member tell me that they were going to go do something that they knew was wrong, but they said, well, I prayed before and after, so God okay. got me. And God knows my heart. Yeah, God knows my heart. Excuse me? That's not how prayer I love works. God knows my heart. <laughs> God knows my heart. And, I, yes, and, I, and, and your I preached, heart is wicked and deceitful. Nope. You know what I did? I preached, I preached that once, and I told somebody. Or I told him, I said, you know what? God knew Adam's heart. That's but he right. still walked through the garden and asked where he was. Mm-hmm. I said the problem with sin mm-hmm. is that it Preach, severs sir. it severs your heart connection to God, mm-hmm. and that's how God communicates. With Preach, us. sir. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get a sermon that while I was in that's here. Right. Preach, you know, sir. But but that's that's the connection. Yeah. So God knowing your heart, He knows the heart that He gave you. Yeah. When you corrupt that heart, He begins to ask, "Where are you?" Yeah. And it then becomes that cat and mouse game of hiding from God. Okay, yeah. now I'm in the garden. I'm in this place, and I'm and I'm I'm here. I'm still in His presence, but He doesn't know that I'm here. Yeah. And it takes for God to finally call you out, wherever whatever it takes to call you out. Mm-hmm. So God just had to call Adam's name for Him to come out. Sometimes God has to call your name, and then wreck your car. And then burn your house down, oh, and then wow. put you in the hospital. Come on, and then Jesus. because Jeez. but that's the thing. We we take everything bad as the devil stepping in and doing something in our lives, not realizing the fact that God is trying to get your attention about something. Yeah, and and that's what we miss. So let's let's finish going on. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna preach. Sure. Um, he talk, so verse three. He talks about what he can't say because the lawyers told him to settle it, uh, even though he claims that it's BS. They told him to protect his career. Um, the fact that he said he needed a hug, I'm just, yeah, I'm. Listen, I'm we had that it. song. Yeah, heaven, I need a hug. Yeah. Was there anyone that was willing to embrace a thug? But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but um, but here, here's what he also says again. The 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 the, the preacher in me notices. I admit the devil talked to me sometimes, but mm. the devil's not who I trust. Mm. You know what I'm saying. So you you can recognize. So the fact that. He understands the difference between the voice of God and the voice of Satan um, is is interesting and telling. Now, the fact that people have said the man is anointed and he got the oil, I listened to his, his gospel record. He can write a good he can write a good record. He ain't got the oil. Pause for the cause to any of our white listeners. Uh, <laughs> saying someone has the oil is the a anointing. reference point for the anointing. Represented in the Old Testament by uh, the pouring of oil over someone's head. Yeah. Back to the podcast. All right. So, since we know he don't have the oil, 
Um, they said Snoop Dogg had the oil too. Snoop ain't got the oil, but the album is on point. <laughs> but the album's on point <laughs> because the he album got people is fire. He got people with oil on now. Snoop put the best gospel <laughs> album out in the past like three, Snoop, four years. Snoop, Snoop is the vinegar. They were the oil. I'm okay with that because <laughs> the oil was on point. So he goes through again. He talks about his temptation with drugs. He talks about how he his his pain and getting jerked over. He his, his, how he feels that uh, people are upset with him. About now he gets into the hating part of it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and and now here's where a lot of people turned off and said, you know what? I can't deal with with Aura no more because you're sitting here justifying, you know what you did with this. You know you you you, you draw us in with the sympathy. Um, of you can't read and you can't spell and, and that's fine um, but that doesn't justify you coming out and calling us haters nobody hates you because you have girlfriends yeah. multiple girlfriends nobody cares about that yeah. nobody cares that you know you got money and all this other stuff nobody cares about that um, the fact that you ain't seen your kid in years or your children in years that's um, personal bro yeah that's personal it's personal but um, <laughs> that, that that's a whole other ball of wax I can't you know again nobody should I bet throw his baby mother would say you ain't seeing your kids because you don't want to see your kids. You yeah. Bleep, bleep, bleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, but then he, but then he, as he ends the third verse, he well, says something. Why you Bill in there, though, man? Yo, yeah. I was thinking, I was like, yo, why you, why you want to bring Bill up? Yeah, because. Bill ain't bothering nobody. But, he, Bill but he, tossed, he tossed a couple of older cats under the bus. Yeah, we're going to get into those. You know what I'm saying? But, um, he, you know, how much can a nigga take? How much can a nigga pray? Um, I, I, he says then I just want to do my music stop stressing me please just let me age gracefully now me and John got into a blow up about listen, this John, listen right. John feels it's Kel his, his way <laughs> John feels his way uh, John is not as old as I am Glove ain't as old as I am yeah um, but I'm not as old as either one of these <laughs> old guys in the room John is actually closer to your age than you think He's older than me, so he's old. But, but the thing, but the Wait, one thing, what? the one thing me and John agree on <laughs> is that R. Kelly ain't tried to age gracefully. He hasn't. He hasn't. Like you, I've seen my man. Yo, when you like forty five, putting out songs like uh, what was it called? Like what was it? Hair jiggle. braider, hair <laughs> braider, and jiggle. Yeah, he did jiggle with Nick Cannon. Like <laughs> he had a song, like directly asking a woman. To let him get her pregnant, like when you putting songs out like that in your now, late half on 40s, a baby was in his thirties. How old is R. Kelly right now? Half on a ba- he's he's almost fifty, if not fifty. That wasn't in his thirties. That was in his thirties. If R. Kelly is almost fifty, half on a baby was before not TV half two. on a baby. This was like the post, like uh, what's the what's the song he did with Ti and T Pain? Uh, uh, I don't know. He's done a couple of tracks with T Pain. He had a track with T.I.T. Payne with something like, I'll Take Your Girl, long story short. Oh. But, uh, uh, but I I after that song, he had like three songs come out that was way not age appropriate for him. One was about getting a girl pregnant, like, let me, like, like have my baby. Like, the song was saying, like, have my baby. The Like, another one was like the hair braider joint. And the music hair video. Braider, hair braider was around the TP2. Listen, my man's is out here in music videos with with shades, the the big Rick Ross yeah. shade joints, shiny jackets. He had the uh, 
the Louboutin uh, spikes yeah, yeah, spike on his shoulders. Like, you got, <laughs> yo. Why did you? Why did you? <laughs> hit him with the Diddy shoulders. Yeah, he did though, man. He, did, like, he had him on his shoulders. I was like, yo, why does he have it on his shoulders, though? So, like, listen, R. Kelly, when you're 50, and you and Mr. Biggs got a long history, bro. Like, Come on, don't do this to me. Ronald Isley could have been your mentor. No, he couldn't. Ronald, no, he couldn't have no, he because couldn't have. Ronald Isley could not keep his woman. Everyone, Listen. <laughs> everyone, Listen. somebody else is taking this woman. But from what I'm you. getting at is, you could have walked through your career. Ronald Isley is a legend. Yeah. Ronald, Ronald, Ronald Isley is Ronald Isley is a legend because of R. Kelly. Don't do this. I'm doing that. Don't do this Ooh. right now. The okay. Isley Brothers. Oh, you're so disrespectful. We're gonna have a music. We're gonna eventually just go go ham on music. I'm, I'm gonna throw my two cents in. And I'm gonna say it this way: uh, Charlie Wilson, Ronald Isley, um, they made their contributions to funk and to R&B in the '60s and the '70s. It was because of the resurgence and the introduction by people like Snoop Dogg and R. Kelly that they reached legend status. So he owes the latter half of his career to R. Kelly. Period, point blank. The biggest song of Ron Isley's career before R. Kelly jumped into his life was because of uh, Today is a Good Day by Ice Cube. Prove me wrong. I'm not about to prove you wrong today because that ain't the topic. But know this. <laughs> Ronald Isley is above reproach. Lies. And beyond your criticism. You do realize sir. he went to jail for not paying his taxes. Listen, that can happen to In anybody. In his 70s. That can happen to anybody. In his 70s. I'm Ron Isley got told. My taxes. Ron Isley got told. No. Hey, Ron Isley got. It came out that Ron Isley was telling club concert promoters, like, hey, make sure my money there in cash. Wesley Snipes <laughs> went to jail for not paying his taxes. And Wesley that was Snipes poor. That was poor decisions. He ain't never did nothing to nobody. All right, so we're not gonna except go make blade. Hold <laughs> on, oh, what was wrong with blade? Nothing was wrong with blade. But blade he did make too long for it. Yeah, he did make too long for actually. Yo, you that might have to do five years for too long. <laughs> there you go. Back Never to mind. what we were saying. All right, back to, back to Aura. Um, so yeah, he doesn't want to age gracefully. So he jumps into verse four. Verse four again, not a lot there. Uh, but he talks about how you know he's been a grown man since age eleven. I'm assuming that's that's when his mom passed away. Um, I thought that was about him getting molested. No, not yet, not yet. See, so jumping ahead. No, uh, I just thought like him being a grown man. I thought that was a reference to like. I've been grown for a long time because I was molested. Yeah. The fact that he still uses the word guap, referencing the money. Oh uh, yeah. States that he yeah, does bro. not want to. Doesn't want to. He don't want to age, age gracefully. R. Kelly is clearly a toy. I don't even school. use the word guap no more. <laughs> like who's people still walking around using the word guap? R. Kelly is truly still in a, a Toys R Us kid. So verse five. Um, verse five. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm upset myself Yo, that it's down five verses. Remember in. Hand? Hand. Verse so, five. Hand. <laughs> hand. No nothing. No, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> verse five. I meant verse five. I know, but I'm just saying. So, uh, so verse five. R. Kelly decides to tell us that he he messes with all the ladies. Um, we knew that. That wasn't something yes, new. We knew that. You're a nasty man. Um, he said that he messes with both older and young ladies. Now I also I, knew that. I noticed how I, I again I'm a, I'm a sick a stickler for words. He said I messed with older, meaning older than him. Yeah, I'm assuming that anyhow. Yeah, that's um, nasty. And then he says young. <laughs> he says young and not younger. Mm. Did he though? Yes. I need to go back and listen because I thought he said younger. I met I messed with all the ladies. Now again I'm I'm, I'm 
We just I mean, gave props to Genius. Now you taking them back. So. I'm, I'm looking <laughs> at Genius right now. Hey, we don't know if these was verified by R. Kelly. Of course they weren't. So that's both older and young ladies. Um, but then he says, you know, how can they call it pedophile? Um, well, you just kind of told us how you can call it pedophile because if you said you mess with young ladies, that oh, might be called young ladies. Listen, R. Kelly. Um, but then he turns around and young lady is pedophilish. Yeah, we gonna right. need a that's that's we gonna need pedophile a, adjacent at the very least. We gonna need a Drake rollout for this. <laughs> yeah. You gonna have to remember Drake did the blackface rollout where he was like this the the whole statement. You know what? No, we need I'm a cool. statement. I'm cool with that. I saw that. I saw that. And Pusha clearly pulled that from from it wasn't a stock photo that you can just find exactly he had that he had that tied back it was in the tuck it was it was dudes dude had it up and it wasn't like he was Pusha had that in the tuck for years yeah he did but, <laughs> but that's that's another story um you know so he he goes in talking about how people can how God, only God can judge him oh, and man. he also said on my mama he did say on my mama and he on chief said, <laughs> right before that, he said on chief. If you say on my, on my mama and on chief, <laughs> and most people won't even know. If you're not from Chicago or like from that area, that doesn't even mean anything to you. But what that means is that R. Kelly is gangbanging um, on the song. Now, here's here's what uh, I'm trying to gloss over that. No, <laughs> I know some gangbangers that's fifty. They don't say on chief no more, R. Kelly. Yeah, well, actually, they do. But that's, my young that's, boys say that. So messed up part is. Uh, he calls out Wendy. He calls out Wendy Williams. Uh, said he uh, said he ain't never offered her no drink, but she did ask her she get some Hennessy. They didn't turn off their phones. They drank. No one they cares smoked. about R. Kelly being with Wendy Williams. Not in a no sexual way. Hear me out. Wendy. Hear me out. Said they smoked. They drank. They talked, and he told it all from my good points to his faults. So Wendy Williams apparently knows this man's story. So is Wendy Williams gonna come out with a track? Hold up. Because you need to put the, the next <laughs> the next line is she said what about Aaliyah? I said love. She said what about the tape? I said hush. I said my lawyer said don't say nothing, which I'm assuming means nothing. Again. Um. So you can't rhyme hush with nothing. <laughs> well, he just did. <laughs> Please, sir. Sir, I know you can't spell. But, but then he also rhymed rhyming. it. He also rhymed it with setup. So there yeah, you go. The rules of rhyming, sir. Um, but I can tell you that I've been set up. That's what he. That's what he said. He claims that the tape was a setup. Um, what? What tape? She asked about the tape. Listen, bro. Listen. Do you know how tapes got made back then? Absolutely. You know how big the camcorder was. <laughs> they didn't sneak that in your room, homie. You set the tripod up. You made sure it was balanced. You put the camera on top. That took you two put, people. Yeah. That took two people. I don't you put the, the tape in the side. <laughs> Pushed it in. You know the process of setting up a VHS recorder? A camcorder? That was all camcorder. Yo, oh, what? I'm mad you just walked through the steps stuff. There is no setup. The only setup was you no. setting up the no. camera. Right. But that's the thing. I don't think the, I don't think he said yeah, never mind. Whoever had access to the tape. The tape was a setup. The tape is a setup. That's what Who he said. Who do you think I am? Uh You got dyslexia, man. You uh, back on that. The tape was a setup. So then he a little further in, he talks about his dyslexia, the point that I was talking about he actually can't read. Um, couldn't read all those contracts. I will give him sympathy here. 
I'm sympathetic to the fact that he signed his publishing away pretty much for the duration of his career. That early on, I think, was an injustice against him. I think that R. Kelly um, was robbed in that right. I'll give him that much. But ain't nobody. But again, that's. I tell my young dudes all the time when they when they come to me. Uh, I got a cousin who is looking, cannot wait until he is going to be famous and a singer. And the first thing I told him is, "Who's your Who's your lawyer? I don't have one. Then why are you talking to me if you don't have a lawyer? You need a lawyer." Yeah. Right now, can't talk to Rob without a lawyer. What? What? No, because don't talk to Rob without a lawyer. Because whatever I share with you, I don't want you thinking that oh, I can just go tell somebody this because my cousin said. No, you need a lawyer. You know what I'm saying? Also, the cousin that he's referencing to is broke, can't afford a lawyer. That's the great thing about entertainment lawyers; they know you broke when you come in. You got to work. You got to work out your deal with them. Um. So it's not like you got to go in and put them on retainer. You need a lawyer, go go look up an entertainment lawyer and you can get one. Um, so yeah, he then tells why he... Or you could learn to read. Or you learn to read. <laughs> it's cheaper to learn how to read. Um, there are learning centers in Indiana for that. R. Kelly don't come to Indiana to go to a learning center. Um, so, he, so his dyslexia, he goes into all of that. So we get finally to verse 6. Verse 6. Oh, God. Um, he starts off talking about how he loves. Say verse six. He says he he starts off talking about how he loves Steve Harvey, John Legend, and Tom Joyner, doing good in their lives, and they all apparently have come out against him to tear him down. Yeah, I mean, um, look, Steve Harvey and Tom Joyner both are in a position in life where if you're in the public eye. And if you're, at this point in the game, if you care about remaining relevant and remaining uh, paid. safe. Paid. Remaining paid. Yeah. From 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 Twitter. Like I don't know that we're safe from Twitter. I'm glad this is an early episode because this non-PC approach we're taking, I don't know. You know, it just may not work. But. It's a great thing about podcasts. Somebody yeah. says something worse than us. The good thing here Charlemagne. is. Shout out to Charlemagne. Exactly. <laughs> now, with that said. Those guys know, in order to dodge the Me Too crowd, in order to dodge the the black Twitter annihilation that you can get, in order to dodge the LGBTQ community's attack, you have to, not optional, you have to condemn any and all men accused of these sorts of things. I just listened to Joe Budden, like, rip Charlemagne preemptively in case it went south. Now pause. <laughs> good pause. Very it's good a terrible pause. pause. It's a great pause. pause. Now I don't think Joe Button was doing it to rip Charlemagne, but it's still a strategic move to get on and say, if Charlemagne did that, I'm getting him out of here. He's the worst. He's a monster. He's this, that and the third. Because it shows that you're aligned with the majority. And that's and a problem in society that you got to run with the crowd in order to keep from getting trampled. Yeah, well, at this point in the game, the crowd will get you out of here. Man. I, I have a job, so y'all can't get me out of here. Yeah, they can't. I'm going to get just, my paycheck. They, they'll just put your regardless. face up and be like, he said something bad about midgets. Listen, get him on out of there. Where I work at, I work at the midget. Be very clear. Like, what's the qualification um, of a midget? 
Height wise. I've never said like anything bad about midgets. I'm kidding, of course. He's like, I, listen, <laughs> he's I've never said me. anything bad about people who suffer from dwarfism. <laughs> Since he can't finish that statement without laughing, we're going to go ahead and finish this up. You, um, we're only six verses into this song. Oh my God. Only six verses. So, yeah, we get it. They got to gotta side with majority to save their jobs. Or they right. can just say nothing like they should have. Yo, That's just my I, thing. Can I, can I write, jump in right here? It says, women, he said, women should show black men some love because black men, we go through enough. Now, with, I want to just stop right here. I think there's a great conversation to be had. And I'll just get you guys' opinion right here. Do you think that black men in America? Yes. Okay. That black men in America have to defend themselves. Absolutely. From even black women. Yes. Absolutely mm. believe that. Uh, black women. Uh, my email address is um, uh, Church in the Wild Podcast uh, at Gmail dot com. The um, if you if you feel the need to have to come say something to me about it, uh, yes, I think black men have to. Might as well just give me your Twitter handle too. Uh, Twitter handle is I don't remember right now. I'll tell you. <laughs> give me a second. But to get his Twitter handle. But, but here's here's why here's it's why like I believe Elder that. Clark something. Here's why I believe that uh, black men. I think black men just in general have to defend themselves because um, from systemically. We have always, we have been, at least since recorded time uh, in America, been painted as anything other than being human. Um, there's always been that stigma of what we are, how terrible we are. The fact that we still boast, uh, that people still use the argument of black men incarceration rates versus college graduation rates, when statistics show that those numbers are greatly skewed and that more black men are in college than in prison right now. That's a fact. Um, we still talk about how black men are absentee fathers in homes, but don't talk about the fact that as black men are not staying with their, their children's mothers, they are more active in their children's lives than every other racial demographic. That's a fact. Um, so, we, so we talk about these things, but we have to then turn around and defend ourselves and say things like, Oh, I'm out here, you know, I'm a good dad. I'm this. I'm I'm a good man. Well, you if you're not staying with your baby mama, then why you know, then there's something wrong with you. Or if you're not doing this, then there's something wrong with you. And I think that's the bigger that that's a, a great issue to be discussed. We can talk about that at a later time. Have more fellas in here. But I mean I that, will definitely be on that episode. <laughs> but I absolutely agree that black men have to um defend themselves against any and all. That's uh, black women, white men, uh, white women, uh, Asian men and women, <laughs> purple men and women, if that's the case. Um, I think we are the most vilified group of people in the world, and that stems from how society has viewed us for the past 300 years. Now, black women, <clears throat> black women are having a moment right now. And I'm I'm happy for them. I, I I am as far as the people that I know, I'm one of the biggest supporters and advocates for black women that I know. 
Um, I believe. Sure about that, sir. One of. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I am. I believe in, in, in defending them, protecting them, promoting them. You're a black man. Pushing you them forward, right? Um, I think there's there's a time right now even where I've I've even advocated like get out of the way and and let them run, right? Because I wanna see all black women succeed. I, I came from a black woman, I'm married to a black woman, and I'm the father of a black woman. And so I I wanna see Black women succeed. Um, if y'all hearing something in the background, John just had to have more coffee. I did. <laughs> I am an avid coffee drinker. And I'll buy you a cup of coffee. Quick plug. I will gladly buy you a cup of coffee uh, so we can talk business. Yeah. Anytime. Let me know. I'd love to meet you. I always like to buy people cups of coffee to meet them. I mean, you can buy me a pizza and talk to me, Doc. See, you give brothers one inch. I'm one not a coffee, inch. Not a coffee drink. You gonna spend the same and amount they, on a cup of coffee? I've never spent the amount of that I pay for a pizza <laughs> on a cup of coffee. You can get a, sir. You can get a pizza for five dollars. How much? How much was your Starbucks? That's not a quality pizza, sir. I don't advocate uh, these five dollar pizzas that, that, that you're that, eating that, either. That hot and ready is just where it's at sometimes, sir. <laughs> we will not. Now, with that said, finish, finish your statement. Um, I just want to say that you know I think that what you're saying is true. That I think black men are the most vilified group of people just like black women are the most threatened group of people on the planet um, I think black women are over stereotyped of course they are of course they are just I mean but that that goes hand in hand with being black in America black people in America are over stereotyped um, black women are absolutely over stereotyped and Black women are threatened. Black men are vilified. When I ask the question about whether or not we think black men have to defend themselves from black women, it's because I think we also have to start having an honest conversation around what our interactions look like with one another. Because there tends to be this attitude of black women can do no wrong where their opinions are concerned. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't give credence because we should. We should absolutely listen to, believe, and trust the words that come out of every every woman's mouth, especially where it comes to um, them saying something has happened. What I'm saying on the other side of that is we can't just automatically jump to vilifying black men in situations simply because um, something has been said about them. I think there's something to be said for making a difference in our mind between allegations and convictions. Between proof and facts and opinions and things people say. But that gets to the heart of what we're talking about here, too. Because at the end of the day, let's be real. Um, these aren't white voices that you hear speaking up and, and calling yeah, for the head. Yeah, white people don't care about R. Kelly yeah. like, doing things to kids. All, all the more reason that I talked about Ron Isley the way that I did. When the remix to Ignition comes on, they yes. will turn up. You know know that. They, they turn up like... Never mind. Wherever um, you are right now, turn on the remix to Ignition... And watch the white people in the room. They're going to turn up. Turn on summertime in front of white people and see what happens. 
Ooh, summertime's another good one. <laughs> Yo, Montel, Montel Jordan. This is how we do it. Listen, the hey. ultimate turn up. And the waterfall. I love TLC. you, white people. I love you, white people. But y'all know y'all turn up to that Montel Jordan. And waterfalls by TLC. Oh, All right, so, so, so we, so R. Kelly goes a little further. He says, "The devil's busy." Um, and then he admits now the probably the biggest bombshell. R. Kelly admits that a family member touched him when he was about from when he was, as his words, from a child to the age of fourteen. While he laid asleep, they took his virginity. Yo, how you get... Never mind. <laughs> Bless Excuse you. Um, that's, um, that's, that's the, probably the most heart-wrenching thing that, yeah. that in, in the song. Yeah. Um, because nobody wants to hear about that. Yeah. Um, they, I think the statistic for men, um, and, and forgive me, I might be, I might be a little off. I'm not, I'm not about to Google that. So I don't need the NSA trying to find out. Something. Don't worry, <laughs> um, they got it. Yeah, they got it already. They got but it. But I think the numbers. I think the, the numbers are super high. They say something like one in every three boys experiences something like that as far as yeah. molestation. Yeah. But they never talk about it. Well, because we don't view, we don't have the same view of men being sexually assaulted as we do of women being sexually assaulted. We have. But this is at this point, he's the he's the victim of pedophilia. Yeah. He's a vic, he's the he's a victim of child molestation. The same as people what people are are are, are trying to put on him. And the problem I see with it is this. You're you're vilifying this man for what you claim that he's doing. Sure. For what you state that he's doing. Sure. And then he admits that he is a victim of that. Yeah. The problem for me is this. Two is twofold. Yes, we have to say that is terrible that that happened to him. And I think that there should be some empathy, some sympathy involved when you address that, right? I think that's a really tragic thing that happened in his life. What we cannot go on to do, though, is lessen the impact of a crime he may have committed because that happened to him. It's the same thing as some... some white guy gets robbed at gunpoint by a black guy and from that point on he hates black people he goes on to kill a black person sometime later in life because he was in fear of his life and the guy approached him aggressively and he kills this guy and then we go back and say well he was robbed one time by a black guy well that doesn't justify this later crime where you killed someone out of your hate for black people yeah so um being molested is a tragedy. It it can be true, and R. Kelly being a a, a threat and a um, a a I won't use the word monster because I hesitate to use that word with people in general. But being a threat, being a criminal, being a uh, perpetrator so of, of the crime, I don't think that those two things can't be true so, together. So here's here's the part. Because essentially after this, um, R. Kelly gets into to sleep, Jimmy. I, I think that's just Jones. him. That's weird. What? Um, <laughs> that, that's what? the ad lib that he threw in there. We talked about his her, his virginity being taken. Sleep, Jeannie. Um He go he goes <laughs> further. Disturbing. But here, here's what I want to do because I, so I want to get to because we we've been going for a little more than an hour right now. 
Um, and I want to get to the end of this, and I want to get some feedback on a couple of things. It's crazy, we can't get through a song in less than an hour. Yeah, when it's discussion. it's got eighteen <laughs> verses, and verse six is the long. Verse six by itself is a short story. Does R. Kelly count? Like we know he can't spell, <laughs> but does he count bars? Does yo John go stand in the does corner? Does R. Kelly John count stand bars? In the corner right now? Um, he he says he says that I admit there's no disrespect to the well I'm sorry he says I'm saying all this because of how they're trying to play me I admit there's no disrespect but my advice is because I'm also a parent don't push your daughter in my face and tell me that it's okay because your agenda is to get paid and get mad when things don't go your way that seems as though there's there's a little something to to to, to dig through in that um the next big thing is Yo, pause. Don't skip this. Spotify took him off the playlist. Yeah. So, so, so at one point, uh, I think XXX Tentacion they also pulled his music. Yeah. Spotify pulled R. Kelly's music. Yeah. Uh, here's the the problem, Spotify. You can't pull X's music. You can't pull R. Kelly's music unless you're gonna pull every rapper's music, like. With the exception not just of rappers, not just rappers, but R and B, rap, country music, uh, rock music, especially, you have to pull so many artists' music if your argument is we are going to like not support music that represents threats or hate or like music is expressive. It is. There's always going to be that element within the music, whether it be hip-hop, whether it be contemporary rock, like, there's always going to be an element in there of a person's passion or their anger. Um, within rock, I mean, let's not over, let's not gloss over this. Like, what's the name, what's the name of the group that did the song, uh, the the joint, the, uh, Ray Murder's just a shot away. It's a little, it's a little too white for me, sir. Yeah, but it, if you're listening and you know the song, like, the lyrics are like, rape, murder, it's just a shout away. Like, what? Take it down. Take it down right now. So, I'm just saying, like, like lyrics are always going to be uh, filled with things that, that people may or may not approve of. The minute you take down an artist's music for something like that, it's a slippery slope. It is. You're 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 traveling down a path where now we have to begin to examine everybody's music and wonder, and not even wonder, but make decisions on whether or not they deserve to be supported because the content isn't what we think it should be. So fans don't have to support; they don't have to play it; they don't have to stream it. As a platform, though, if you're going to be responsible with your platform, you either have to take everyone down or no one down. And I just wanted to say that. Okay. And I can, I can, I can work through that. Verse 6 so long. I verse just, 6 is mad long. Um, so he goes. Geez, it's like 32 bars. It is. <laughs> um, he talk, So he then gets into the story that's been circulating here recently that he was housing a sex cult in Atlanta uh, and that he was brainwashing women and kidnapping them, that they couldn't eat, um, that they had to stand in corners. He doesn't say he didn't do it. He does not say, well, here's the thing. He he addresses the things that are monsterish. He said that he, he addressed, well, not addresses addresses, but he, he kind of dismisses 
the brainwashing, he dismisses the kidnapping, he dismisses the not eating part. Um, and I think those things would, I think those I things know are sensitive. Knows those things are sensational. Stop it! No, <laughs> stop it! Those things are sensational. Those things are sensational. Let's be real about. I'm it. just gonna say I don't know if he knows what kidnapping is and what brainwashing is. You're gonna stop, sir. There may be. You're going to stop, sir. Jim Jones may have been like brainwashed. No, J- Jim really? Jones. Really? But Jim Jones used. And, and here's my thing. Uh, brainwashing is very broad. Don't statement. pimps brainwash women? Pimps yes. do a few different things, but but here's, sometimes they kidnap women. Sometimes they kidnap women. <laughs> Under, On occasion, she might not eat. But here's the thing: as, as, as far as the pimps that I'm been I've been made aware of, um, pimps do this, and the woman is under the compulsion because her life is in danger. Um, none of the women who have come forward after being this ever said anything about their lives being in danger. It doesn't mean they weren't brainwashed. I'm not they saying might they not were. think their lives were in danger because they were brainwashed. I'm going to leave that alone. Silence yeah, I, fills I, the room. I'm, I'm going to accept the silence in the room in that one. Um, <laughs> but yes, these are absolutely very pimpish things. That's all <laughs> that I'm saying. That sounds like that. Um he um and a pimp might say, "I don't brainwash her, I teach her." But what mm. I would—that's what I was going to say about some of the women that right there. He dropped some jewels. Some right there. some of the women who enter into the life are already already have their mind set on said lifestyle. What would Iceberg Slim say at a time like this? Uh, Iceberg Slim would say nothing because he's dead and buried. Moving on. Y'all don't want to address the <laughs> y'all don't want to address the pimp in the room. <laughs> Gonna, gonna move on along in this song before we have to uh, start addressing pimps. Um, I apologize to the family Iceberg Slim. That seemed insensitive. <laughs> if you're claiming yo, Iceberg yo, Slim, still. I got mad respect for Iceberg Slim, the coldest cat. Uh, <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, so uh, you know, yeah, the he, he goes through this, talks about you know what happened. Uh, he talks about. Uh, how he got encouragement from somebody named Miss McGlynn. Um, jumping in finally into verse 7, and hopefully towards the end of the song, but it doesn't look like it from where I'm at. Skipped half of 6. It's the only way we're going to get through I this. had to. Uh, the, the, the important parts were the pushing the daughter in the face and uh, the Spotify and uh, the About brainwashing. pushing your daughter let, this is where he starts to betray well, himself. Well, let's, let's lump that in because verse 7 starts off talking about the definition of a cult, sex slave, and looking it up in the dictionary, which he shouldn't have said because he can't read. So how do you know what the dictionary thing says? I thought you couldn't you read, Robert. That you couldn't read. I thought you couldn't read. <laughs> Shot yourself. Right? I thought this was America, people. But he said, look it up. Let him know because he's here waiting. So he wants to know himself. <laughs> <laughs> So, R. Kelly, you're saying you don't know the definition of a cult or a sex right. slave. He right. doesn't know. Because here's what he said. He said, uh, I admit that this is no disrespect to the parents. No disrespect, ad-lib. But this, is my, ad-lib, so. this is my advice to you because I'm also a parent. Don't push your daughter in my face and tell me that it's okay. Because your agenda is to get paid and get mad when it don't go your way. 
problem here, Robert. Uh, excuse Are me, you? sir. We will address him as Kells, given the fact that my name is Robert. Fair enough. Kells. Thank you, sir. Aura. Thank you. Listen. You can't say to us that the parents pushed these kids in your face. I don't think he's saying and all then, kids. I'm not saying all kids either. I'm talking about the ones in the sex slave cult. Those I'm not kids. saying all of them. I'm saying it. Don't say they pushed them. Listen, he says that this 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 guy is basically victim shaming and blaming, right? That's the word they use, victim blaming. He's saying that the parents are responsible for whatever might have happened to the children because you brought them here and pushed them on me. Now, you just brought up pimps, right? Yes. If I know you're a pimp or alleged to be a pimp, mm-hmm. I don't care what connections you... Pimp and Ken. Perfect yes. example. Uh, anybody who's ever seen American Pimp uh, knows who Pimp and Ken is or has Pimp seen Pimps Up, Holes Down on HBO, the classic Pimps of the early up, 2000s. Down on HBO. Uh, <laughs> what kind of Christian podcast is this? Oh. <laughs> But uh, but anybody who's who's seen those uh, those classic uh, documentaries uh, is well aware of who Pimpin' Ken is. Pimpin' Ken now has has he hasn't disavowed his pimpin'. He still goes by Pimpin' Ken as a stage name, um, but he's now in music and music management. Um, you, matter of fact, uh, Cuckoo Cow was his um, Cuckoo Cow. <laughs> In my projects. My projects. <laughs> Don't so, come to my projects. Oh, but, uh, but he was, that was that was one of his artists. Um, but but here it is. Pimpin is now a manager of artists. And here's my daughter who's a rapper. Mm-hmm. And looking to 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 you know get to break into the music business. Do I take her to the former pimp? And say, you're in charge of my daughter and making sure that she becomes successful. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Him being a pimp I'm moving is back not, because the Lord may actually strike you in this office. The Lord knows my heart. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. Him being a pimp is completely outside the context of the job I brought her here for him to do. He's an alleged manage pimp. But you still, my child. But you still use the same. He's an I know, alleged I know, pimp. I know. I work with some alleged dope boys. What I'm saying is where we work, we don't sell dope. And I deal with them outside of the context of selling dope. I don't expect them to bring dope to the workplace and sell it. But is it highly likely that they could? That they are. I... Live life. Do you like choose to live life like people an People are innocent until proven guilty. But you're making him guilty. No. I'm just saying that there's a preponderance of evidence that's overwhelmingly against him here. Now, with that said. Looking at you in shame. Those sorry. lines, though, they're. Let's it be known that he knew the motive. So yeah. if you take if you take that bait, knowing what the end outcome is, I would never take you, my kid to an R. Kelly concert. I would take my kid to a Michael Jackson concert. Now hold on, sir. Michael Jackson. Is hold on, sir. Dead and Michael Jackson never did concerts. nothing to nobody, so we're not gonna do that. But you think Michael Jackson ain't hurt nobody? Michael Jackson has never done anything to anyone, and you shall refrain from slandering his good name. 
Now, sir, with that said, do I need to pull up the the court documents, <sighs> sir? Talk about the Jesus juice, sir. The young man who described his pubic area perfectly. Listen, those young children had been paid to say the things that they said. Now, with this said, R. Kelly, I would never take my child. Was tried and acquitted. R. Kelly. Was tried and acquitted. Yes, he was. And I'll, I'll accept that. Just like O.J. was I'll tried accept and acquitted. That. I'll accept that he was acquitted of OJ those charges. did not do it. O.J. was tried nah, and acquitted. Listen, let's just be honest. You see, we got to stop. We gotta stop. So I, I love how you're splitting the hair, though, man. I gotta split this hair. You can't split the hair. I have to because it's. Some... R. Kelly was tried and acquitted yes. with this preponderance of evidence. That's right. OJ was that tried was one and charge. We're talking about a whole slew of other charges. Dude, that, that was ain't fifteen even... charges on that. That was that thing. We're talking about this thing. We're talking <laughs> about things. These ain't charges now. This is a modern. That that was in his past. I'm not trying to get R. Kelly out of here. What I'm saying is, R. Kelly got to stop getting himself out of here. Right. Like, R. <laughs> Kelly will will get charged with doing some questionable stuff, right? Some illegal stuff. He's only been charged And once. then turn around and be like, I got off that time. Guess we're going to try it again. Like, you don't try it again, bro. Like, if you beat a murder charge, you don't jaywalk after that. You know what I'm saying? Like... OJ, I mean, OJ did OJ, it, right? OJ did not do it. And oh, then right. he got the whole book that said, If I Would Have Did It. Or what was the name, title of the book? Right. What If I Would Have Done It or something yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? But again. Okay, so my opinion, OJ did it. I'm not going. I'm not getting ready to uh, spend too much of the listeners' time on this. Because this song is already taken. This song is 17 hours long right now. Yeah. All right. So let's but, get through this. But here's here's what I was trying to get to. Because again, I wanted to, I want, kind of wanted to lump, I wanted to lump the the majority, the the biggest part of six, verse seven. Seven is long. Seven is mad long. I'm not gonna talk to the Hugh Hefner thing. I think that's deflection. Um, yeah, if you haven't listened, there's a Hugh Hefner. Thing. Yeah, there's a Hugh Hefner right in verse seven. Uh, finally, in verse eight, he talks about how his work, how his work has nothing to do with his private life. So people need to stay out of their business and tend to their own damn life. Quote unquote. Um, so. Here's, here's my thing. We get through all of this, and the, immediately the the argument for people has been R. Kelly's guilty. He needs to be locked up. He needs to go to jail. Um, R. Kelly was tried back in the early 2000s uh, regarding the, the, the PP tape. Um, he was found not guilty, um, but people still said he was guilty. Uh, the same thing they did to OJ. Um, the biggest thing is the question of the age of of these people um he speaks about this father bringing his daughter or these parents bringing their daughter to him um and telling them that it was okay uh stating that the child that this person was quote over age i'm assuming that means old enough for consent I don't know what yeah, that, that was means a weird exactly. Term yeah. To yeah. Go in there. I don't know if he was yeah. I don't know if I was he was like, saying it. He said I admit she was overage. Yeah, I don't that's know. a real weird sentence yeah, just in general. Again, I don't know if that's over the age of consent or over the age of 21. I don't know. <laughs> a lot of statements made in this song left an extremely large gray area. That's what I'm saying. He didn't actually He didn't admit clear up. He anything. doesn't admit to anything and I think we all agree to that. He uh, never really admitted to anything. All he did was allow <laughs> judges and prosecutors yeah. all across the world. Maybe R. Kelly could only afford on. one studio session, and he was like, "Yo, 
I, you know oh, what? No, because no, in this, he got 23 lawyers and three to four managers. That's why mm. you broke. Mm. Well, nah, he needs a business manager. He needs a financial manager. He needs... Uh, why do you need 23 lawyers? Answer me that. Um, when you're fighting all these cases, apparently, yeah, you need law because you need a you need a legal you need a legal team for legal stuff. You also need an entertainment lawyer, and he probably has an entertainment t- entertainment lawyer team um, that handles stuff like I don't know. I ain't never been in trouble like that. I ain't never had to have a lawyer. A lot like of that. trouble I've been in, ladies and gentlemen, and I've been in quite a few troubled situations. I've always only had one lawyer, and um, that one lawyer got the job done for. A reasonable amount of money. I think Shine had one lawyer too, and they sent him to prison for 10 years. Yeah. And when he got out, they sent him out the country. Yeah, and then Loon went to jail Moses. Yeah. Loon went to jail forever. But anyway, what I think the biggest issue, I, I think the biggest underlying, or I think the biggest elephant in the room is, as far as the conversation, and this has been the biggest thing for me, is the conversation around age. Yeah. Um, not just age of consent, but the age in which it's appropriate. Sure. Um, for people to engage, um, the three of us in this room are thirties. Yeah, uh, close to it at the very least. Don't put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> close to it, uh, close to it, or most definitely there. Yeah. Um, my personal opinion: uh, I'm a married man, uh, but if I go dating again, if something, if the Lord calls my wife home, which I don't plan on happening for another sixty years. Um, if I'm archiving this. I, uh, I do appreciate that. Um, this podcast for future reference. <laughs> but if the Lord calls my wife home, and me and my wife have discussed this, um, I'm not. I'm not about to go find some 19 year old floozy. Um, let's, that's that's just real. One, I got kids older than you, floozy. Yeah, I got kids older Hilarious. than you at 19 years old. You know what I'm saying? Why, what do I look like dating somebody younger than my oldest child? That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, of course. That's just my opinion. Then, yeah. of course. Um, but there are men all over the all over the world that have no problem talking about this relation these relationships they like having with 18 19 year old yeah and here's the thing we call them 18 or 19 year old women we don't call them girls yeah uh, when R Kelly I do did, I call them girls I call yeah. them young ladies <laughs> when R Kelly I, uh, it's hard for me not to see an 18 year old as a kid I'm sorry if you're 18 and listening to this I don't mean any disrespect you just but I mean, to me, it's very difficult. Again, again, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat there. Yeah. Um. But my but my thing is, uh, to, the somebody brought this up, um, on on a podcast that I was listening to, and they talked about the court of public opinion, like we've essentially been talking about the majority of this time, and they talked about how the phrasing of a sentence or a question is automatically set up for you to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Torre did, and everybody, uh, not everybody knows who Torre is. Torre has worked for a, a number of very popular magazines and, and newspapers. He's a journalist. He This is what he does. He asks questions for a living. Um, and Torre, uh, on national television, asked R. Kelly if he was attracted to teenage girls. The response that R. Kelly gave was... When define young girls. No, he said teenage girls. He said, when you say teenage, what do what, you mean? What do you mean? This Dang, is, 13, 14. Because 18. Exactly. And that's the thing. And But again, it's the way that that question was phrased that makes him look guilty. I'll be honest and I'll admit my bias here. If you see, if you are a 
40-something-year-old man. And your response is, how do we define teen? If your thought process is 18, I'm attracted to, but not 17, I, as an individual with my own presuppositions and biases, have a hard time accepting that you don't see a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old in the same light you see as an 18-year-old or a 19-year-old. Yeah. But, but here's my. But here's again the question. Um, if you walk into a strip club in any city USA, um, especially a metropolis such as the lovely city of Indianapolis, Indiana. Who's our audience again? Because if there's Christians, I'm just not sure. <laughs> but if you walk into a if you walk into a gentleman's club um, to to witness to someone. Uh, <laughs> included them. Thank, thank you, sir. Um, you are hard pressed to not find a 16 or 17 year old runaway dancing in one of these clubs. Yeah. Um, and to ask the question if you're attracted to someone based on their age, I think is again a loaded question. I, I would rather the question be phrased are you attracted to people based on their age or based on their appearance? Because Which, I've walked into all, high schools. All, are tell, all have their own separate tail signs. Again, a 16-year-old girl, she may appear as older, but when she opens her mouth, she's going to tell her age. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And even the underage girls that have the body. Yeah, that's a fact. The way they walk. Yeah. Or the the way they move themselves. The way they carry themselves. Betrays their life experience. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, but I also deter from that. As men who have noticed these things, yeah. <laughs> means that we've spent enough time watching Absolutely. and therefore could be seen as in the same light. Exactly. For sure. And that's and again Listen, that's the, that's the problem with questioning something like yeah. that. Well, and that's why this podcast can never come out. But <laughs> 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 but Oh, I already got the send button ready. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, um, it's hard to be honest in this day and age because of the court of public opinion. Exactly. It's difficult for men to be honest about where they really stand on things uh, because right now we're under a very, very hard uh, level of scrutiny. The microscope is really on men for what they do and how they carry themselves. But at our age, we grew up during the time when what's now considered rape culture was just the culture. Yes. I've it was the rape culture then. Let's just be real. You it was rape culture then, yeah. sure. But what I'm saying is, at the time, rape culture was acceptable and normal. And if if you wasn't saved and sanctified uh, and delivered, then you were participating. And what that means is when I was 18, I was looking at everything. Not like if, if you know what I mean. Like I'm looking around with my with my natural eyes, and we don't have at that point in our lives this strong filter of she only seventeen, but we understand that. Yeah. Like I think everybody here would say, "Oh, that that boy is eighteen. His girlfriend seventeen. They were seniors together. He or they were in high school together. He graduated ahead of her. Right? Like." But it's hard even to be honest about that part because if you say that outwardly now, people will... will Swerve up and down and he manipulated her. Right. 
or that that somehow he's a a monster and a threat when the reality is at 18 his 17 year old girlfriend they've been together for a couple years in high school and him turning 18 didn't turn off his attraction to the young lady that he's been dealing with this entire time there are a couple of things that uh, messed me up as I was preparing myself to, to do this podcast um, there's a movie called Dazed and Confused. Uh, I don't think Glove's ever seen it. Have you seen Dazed and Confused? Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, Dazed and Confused is a, a coming-of-age high school movie. Um, Matthew McConaughey, this is his breakout role in this movie. Matthew and, McConaughey had a breakout role. <laughs> <laughs> and and in, this, in this movie, Matthew McConaughey has a line that says, this is why I like high school girls. I get older, but they stay the same age. That's oh, real? <laughs> you might have just got Matthew McConaughey out of here. What do you think? In the movie, he's supposed to be like this 19, 20-year-old dude that's still hanging around these high school kids. Um, Yo, the audio about- of Matthew McConaughey saying that, detached from the movie, will end him. <laughs> what? The other part, the other part of that, the other part that I thought about. See why I didn't was, see that movie. <laughs> The other part that I that I had uh, that I that I thought about rather was the um, uh, the May December relationships, and this may be new. Uh, you, you looked at me with a little wild eye, and so did you a little bit. Um, May December relationships is not a new thing. This is society's designation for women or men who are older than their than their counterparts. Oh yeah. Um, so in the sense of Jay-Z being a 50-year-old man and Beyonce being 37, 38 years okay. old. It's accepted as okay given there's still a 12-year gap in their age. They're that's both old enough. But that's considered a May-December relationship. Yeah. Um, they and So when you look at stuff like this and, and you have these... So there are times where these age, these age gaps are accepted. Mm-hmm. Now, is 28 and 18 accepted? Well, some people will say, yeah, why not? This 28-year-old, he's on the verge of being a real adult. This is me. If I'm 30. Yeah. If I'm 30. If. I know what year he was born (laughs) in. You know what I'm saying? My thing is, I'm not going to date an 18-year-old when I can't go to a bar with her. When I can't go to an, an adult environment. But what if that's not your idea of hanging out, though? What if that's not the the vibe you have? My rule has always been two years. Like, I've always had a strict two-year rule. For the most part, I've only dated women older than me, usually by about two or three years. Yeah, that's been my experience, too. But at some point, you're going to be in a situation where, like, dang, babe, you can't participate in whatever event I'm I'm going to. You know what I'm saying? So that's always been me. Once I hit 21, if you can't if, if an event comes up and I have to question on one, hey, can you go? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But what do you say that's, about, again, so you got you still got the situations like, again, Matthew McConaughey in that movie. Yeah. That's not something new. Yeah. There, dude, uh, there was a uh, meme literally before we started recording. Um, a buddy of mine posted on Facebook that said none of these women were, uh, were against R. Kelly when they was getting picked up by those dope boys in high school. Why? Because those dope boys in high school, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, picking up 16, yep. 17, yep. 18 year old and girls. I know I saw it. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and 
I like wasn't I said, one of those I'm not, boys. I'm not. I'm not condoning the behavior. He was one of the boys getting picked up. <laughs> oh shit! Wait, pause. Wait a minute. Wait I'm a not, minute, sir. I'm not condoning. I never got picked up by a dope boy from high school. I, I will admit that I had dope boys that were dope boys that were friends in high school, and we I were picking you up. I would go to school with them and get dropped <laughs> off, and they may come pick me up to make a run after school. Uh, uh, pause, sir. But uh, I kept my panties on. So they, I never <laughs> got picked up by dope boys from my How dare you? <laughs> Suffice it to say, um, they again, as times have changed, I, uh, our our morality yeah. has changed, and the question is, is, is it become is it becoming something that the that we're simply doing because the crowd, uh, the, the crowd is calling for blood. We're of in the course. Coliseum now. Um, if the crowd is calling for blood, and this is what's morally wrong at the time, is that how we're really going to handle the situation? And I, and again, I, I'm not defending R. Kelly, and I'm not defending his need. I mean, his 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 decisions for the people that he chooses to be in a relationship with. But if an 18 year old woman decides to be in a relationship with a 50 year old man because he's spending that bread, is that wrong? You know what um, yes, and here's the challenge. Levels. Here's the challenge, right? Like, I think a lot of us, especially like black men, our culture, the way we grew up, our thought processes on this are, are going to be pretty similar. I think we tend to take offense to men of a certain age being attracted to eighteen and nineteen year olds. Here's what I will say. Which, I remember, real quick, which is why he brought up the Hugh Hefner thing. Yeah, because he said, "Well, Hugh Hefner surrounded himself." With all these young girls, and nobody said anything was wrong with it. I had no knowledge of Hugh Hefner surrounding himself with anyone under the age of eighteen. Now, again, under the age of eighteen, I couldn't, I couldn't necessarily tell you. I do know that when he was starting Playboy very early on, a couple of his models were were suspect. Okay, and that's fair enough. I'm not super familiar with Hugh Hefner's story like that, like up in depth. Like I've got a very cursory knowledge of of his whole thing, but but the um, women that he called his girlfriends, Hugh Hefner was in his 80s. Of course. And that's why they were his girlfriends. They were like, Hugh buys me what I want and it doesn't require much. So, Oh, like, believe me, Hugh was on the pill, bro. Listen, there's no pill for, like, listen, listen. <laughs> at a certain, we men. Hugh at a Hefner, certain point. Hugh Hefner went to his grave proudly boasting about the fact that he was still active with his girlfriends. Alright, well we ain't gonna these spend too much time play, on Hugh These playboy so. play... These Playboy models, these Playboy models who came to his home, yeah, willingly, yeah, and he built that house for them, and were between the ages, and were between the, he rotated them out. That was their house. He rotated them out. That's right. Right. You get people get evicted, but because they aged out. Hugh was like the most popular white pimp. No, that was Mr. White folks again. Watch Pimp's Up, Holes Down, Fair or American Pimp. Why are we <laughs> promoting yeah. pimping? Let's, let's cut it, okay? We don't espouse any of these things. We don't support these things. We don't believe in uh, 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 this pimping thing. We don't support that Pimping is the, old, the, the world's oldest profession. I'm sorry, second world, second oldest profession. Thoughts and, thoughts and opinions of, <laughs> of Robert Clark. Uh, as the co-host of this, uh, we all know what the world's oldest profession is claimed uh, to be. I'm standing by that. So they're not those of his other co-hosts. And uh, uh, please rem- rem- remit all 
uh, emails to uh, Robert Clark's email. I'll post it in the description of the podcast. Thanks I'm in control listening. of that, so it will be Church and Wild Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, no, but on a serious note, um, you know, we want people to listen and be entertained, but I want to address this uh, seriously for just a minute. If R. Kelly has done any of what people have said he's done, where underage girls are concerned, for my part, I think that we need to identify what those things are and then he should be uh, dealt with accordingly. I think that uh, child molestation is a crime that should be punished by death. Um, I'm not an advocate for the electric chair because I hear that a lot. He should get the chair. I'm not here for that. I think these people should be removed from society. Um, and that's my own opinion. But if but R. Kelly is... Death. Yeah. But you took the electric chair out of it. Yes, I, I don't think that he should what? have to. I think it should be a, just a quick, like, cut your head off and move on. Chop his pee-pee and let him bleed out? Nah, like, cut your head off and move on. It should be like, you should get back quick, to business. Painless. Quick and, and get you out of here. Quick and painless? Yeah, like, and quick, painless, get you out of here and let's get back to business. Um, but if he's innocent, I think that we have to allow him to live his life out in peace. And unfortunately, we don't have enough information to make that judgment. And since we don't have enough information to make that judgment, we need to let God be judge, jury, and executioner in this situation and let Robert Kelly deal with God until such a time that evidence does come out that we can make objective real judgments on these things. And that's just my opinion. You don't have to like it. Alright, so we're going to wrap up because we've been going for almost two hours. Um, I think that was John's final thought. Yeah. Is that your final thought? Absolutely. Uh, Love, you got a final thought? I'm good, man. I'm just, like I said, I'm just sticking with the... I didn't even follow the R. Kelly story then. Definitely not following it now. Because even with this song... It's still allowing uh, too much to be said on what was done or not done. Um, if you ain't 21, can't have no fun. You can't have no fun. So, it's a wrap. <laughs> so, Glove is clearly on the side of you got to be uh, this high to ride to, uh, to ride Space Mountain. Yes, <laughs> Um, my personal thoughts, um, condemnation is um, spoken about in the Bible. And as it's spoken about in the Bible, it's said that uh, you want to be careful with condemnation because the very thing that you're wishing upon someone may be what visits you. Um, again, I am a musical fan of early R. Kelly. Again, Honey Love is probably one of the dopest joints from the 90s. Um, TP2.com is probably his best album ever, um, but that's where it's that's where it begins and ends for me. Um, I've been entertained over the years by some of the antics, songs like "Trapped in a Closet," things like that, and I was able to separate the music from the man. It doesn't mean that 
uh, after all these allegations that I'm still out here buying R. Kelly's music. Um, but I think the greater I think the greater conversation to be had is that of how do we deal with people who are living in and uh, or existing in this in this place where these allegations can take life where they can affect your um, where they can affect your livelihood and even drive you to do things like taking yourself out the last thing I want to see um, for anyone is to wake up one morning and to hear that R. Kelly has killed himself uh, all because of the weight of something like this because the court of public opinion has made their verdict and is making this man's life a living hell um, I get it you know for the life of you know who we are in society and what we like to do we like to look down our noses at people um, and I think that in times like this let the courts and justice system have their way uh, let's stop trying to put labels on everything as far as trying to call this man a monster if people are willingly trying to be in relationships with this man the, at the ages that they are though we may deem them inappropriate that's between two consenting adults at that point um, the moment consent comes into play and they decide that they want to engage in this despite what they've heard about one or another it is what it is ultimately this was a conversation we had about normalizing abnormalities um, I think that as we progress as a nation and as a world, um, the sad truth is that we will begin to see more things that are abnormal now become regular um, and be seen as regular or want to be seen as regular. Um, and we have to prepare ourselves for that because at the end of the day, again, what's legal isn't always what's moral and what's moral isn't always what's legal. Um, you have a life to live in as far as this nation is concerned and ultimately uh, what the law of the land is is what the law of the land is so with that being said I hope you guys enjoyed this incredibly long conversation I promise we will try and keep it shorter for the next time we do this but until next time this is Rob that's John our special guest Glove we will catch y'all on the next Church's Wild podcast the Church in the Wild podcast no you blew it I blew hit the it. stop button stop button I'm, I, I'm terrible